0: Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Bonus Break. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. And friend, in today's bonus break, we are going to be talking about how to make yourself indestructible with Atomic Habits. What if you could ignore that incessant demand on your time and your attention, and that time gave you the space to develop and maintain habits that made you productive and helped you even care for yourself? Well, friend, that's what we're going to be talking about in this bonus break. The Bonus Break is a short episode you can listen to while taking a tea break and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit stronger. And I always like to remind you that I'm Dolph Goldenberg, a consultant, a coach, and a confidant for leaders at small and large organizations across the country. I bring three decades of leadership and consulting experience, building, growing, leading, and yes, repairing organizations. And what I probably have shared before on this podcast, in fact, probably a number of times, is that my guilty pleasure is reading about three quarters of a book a week. And I recently found myself reading two books that were overlapping in the same week, Indistractable by Nir Eyal and Atomic Habits by James Clear. And reading both of these books at the same time kind of reminded me of that Reese's Peanut Butter commercial from the 1970s and 1980s. And if you're my age or older, you undoubtedly remember these commercials. One person is normally walking down a hallway with a chocolate bar, and they bump into someone who's eating peanut butter from a jar. And the peanut butter collides with the chocolate. The two people both taste the peanut butter coated chocolate and exclaim, Oh my gosh, these are two great tastes that go great together. And that's exactly how I felt about these two books, Indistractable and Atomic Habits. They dovetail so very well together. And I'm going to share with you three concepts and four hacks that I found effective in these two books. So, my friend, grab your Reese's peanut butter cup and get ready for this bonus break. I want to start by sharing three concepts with you. And these three concepts, again, come from Atomic Habits and Indistractable. They are habit loops, laws of behavior change, and residual beneficiary. Now, a habit loop comes from atomic habits. And essentially, James Clear says, look, we all have habit loops, and here's how they work. There's a cue that triggers the loop. And then we have a craving, followed by a response, and finally, a reward. And every behavior we have, negative, positive, or neutral, has these four factors. They have a cue, and then a craving, and then a response, and finally, the reward. And so here's a quick example of how that might work. At many points in my day, I need to open Outlook to send an email. And I have opened Outlook and checked the inbox so many times that this is now automatic. Opening the program has become a cue to check my email. In fact, so often I will go to Outlook to send an email to someone. And before I even start to compose the email, I feel a craving to just scan my inbox. And I have to share that my response far too often is to find an email that feels urgent to me and then requires five, 10, maybe even 15 minutes or an hour to reply. And the reward that I get is that brief feeling of joy about having responded to this urgent item. Now, the cost of this behavior loop is tremendous. And the reason I say that cost is tremendous is because now I have spent time doing something I didn't actually plan to do and did not need to do at that very moment. And what will also sometimes happen is I even forget the reason I opened Outlook in the first place. So I go back to the task and I'll think to myself, oh wait, that's right, I was gonna send that email. And I go back in to Outlook just to send that email. So that's a good example of a habit loop. Now, the law of behavior change says that if we focus on changing the cue, the craving, the response, or the reward, we can change the behaviors that create habits. And so in this case, one of the things that I did after reading this book is that I actually reorganized my inbox so that when email comes in, it actually does not go into my inbox. It automatically gets routed to a number of different folders. And so consequently then, when I open Outlook, guess what? What I immediately see is an inbox that's empty. Now I have some other folders I need to pay attention to, but I'm not distracted because I see an empty inbox and I can just start to compose a new email. Now, the other thing that means, and this is part of what creates that new habit loop, is I now have to intentionally check other folders in order to read my email. So I literally have worked to break the old habit loop of, oh, I've opened Outlook, it's time to check my inbox to having to create a new habit loop that is, okay, it's now time to check my inbox. Let me go and and look at these folders that I've created that actually contains all of my new email. Now, I just shared a way to change a habit by focusing on that cue. But there are ways that you can also break the behavior loop at the craving, the response, or even the reward levels. The third and final concept, which comes from Indistractable, is one called residual beneficiary. And residual beneficiary is much what it sounds like. So when an enterprise is done and it's ready to wind down, well, what's left is the residual. And who's the beneficiary of that? Who does that residual go to? So our own personal and professional residual beneficiary is the person or the people who benefit from our time and our energy after we have completed everything else that must be done. Far too often in our lives, the residual beneficiary is not who we want to just get the leftovers. It might be our spouse or our children. In other cases, it could be our direct reports or maybe even our boss. And that's rarely the people that we want to be our residual beneficiary. And the reason this is happening is because we are not scheduling and blocking time to cultivate and nurture these very important relationships. So I found that applying this economic concept of a residual beneficiary was an eye-opener in my own life. And frankly, I've been making some conscious efforts and changes to be there for my family, my friends, and also my colleagues. Now, in addition to those three concepts, there are four hacks that I got out of these books, and I want to share them with you. They are the 10-minute rule, habit stacking, automating habits through checklists, and finally, time blocking. The 10-minute rule comes from the book Indistractable and might be the hack that has worked best for me from that book. When I first read the phrase 10-minute rule, I incorrectly assumed what it meant. I thought it was going to say, okay, if there's a task you can do in 10 minutes, stop, do that task, and then go back to what you were doing. But that's not at all what the author wants us to do. In reality, though, that will just lead to us spending our day on a series of trivial 10-minute tasks. And those are the days that sometimes we end feeling like, wow, I've been really productive, but I haven't accomplished much at all. Instead, the 10-minute rule asks that we respond to an impulse by allowing ourselves to do it in 10 minutes. So literally, I'm sitting at my desk... And I have an impulse, like, oh my gosh, maybe I should just really quickly check LinkedIn. And maybe it's because, you know, I don't really want to be working on, on this blog post or this client work that I'm doing. And so I'll think to myself, oh wow, I should check LinkedIn. And what I then say to myself is, hey Dolph, in 10 minutes, if you still want to check LinkedIn, go ahead and do it. But for the next 10 minutes, I want you to continue drafting this blog post. And I have found that this hack works so well for me because once I delay it by 10 minutes, frankly, I forget about it by 30 or 60 minutes. And at that point, I've moved on to other things. The second hack is habit stacking. And so whenever we form a new habit, if we can stack it on top of an existing one, it makes it easier to remember to do the habit and to also actually do it. As an example, I have always had a difficult time remembering to clean my desk at the end of the day. And so consequently, some days I will walk into my office, my desk is messy, and I will start by actually organizing my desk. And frankly... That's not indistractable, that's really distracting. I can then spend 30 minutes cleaning my desk, find things that I feel like I should suddenly do right away, and never get down to the important work that I was going to achieve that day. So I've habit-stacked that because I have never had problems remembering to shut my computer down at the end of the day. Now, I know that's unusual. I know some people don't shut their computer down anymore, but I do. And literally, I close everything out and then I turn my computer off for the night. So I have stacked cleaning my desk as a habit with shutting down my computer as a habit. Now, whenever I shut my computer down, that's also my cue that it's time for me to organize and clean my desk. Now, The last two hacks really involve automating. So the first is through checklists. And I have to share with you, anytime someone says to me, oh, let's create a checklist, that makes my heart sing because I I love checklists and I work really well with checklists. So let me give you a quick example of a way that I've used this in my personal life. I've been a lifelong insomniac. And to be quite frank, My sleep hygiene habits have contributed to my sleeplessness. I can't tell you why, but my brain sometimes just fights going to bed and it will postpone it like a whiny toddler, asking for a glass of water and, oh, let me just do this and let me just do that before I go to bed. And before I know it, it's one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. A few years ago, I created a good night checklist along with a cue. And so my cue is that the internet turns off to our TV at 9.30. So if we are watching TV together, the internet turns off. That's the cue. Wait a minute. It is time for me to start getting ready for bed. And then my checklist is what I call the good night checklist. And that includes everything from prepping my morning coffee to tidying the house. And believe it or not, my checklist is pretty long. I think it's got like seven or eight things on it. And it normally takes me about 30 minutes to complete. So when the internet turns off on the TV at 9.30, I start doing my checklist. And I know that means I'll probably be in bed by 10. And I'll share with you most nights now, I am asleep sometime between ten fifteen and 11, and I get way more sleep than I ever have before. I also need to tell you that that checklist has also helped to program my brain. So as I start to go through those tasks, as I start to make my coffee, floss, brush my teeth, and make sure the house and my room are tidy before I go to bed, literally my brain is thinking, oh, it's starting to be time to power down. And it's time for the brain to start to get quiet so that I can go to bed. Now, I will share with you that reading this book also helped me realize that I need a work wind-down checklist. And so that includes things like reviewing my schedule for the next day, a final quick scan of my email, shutting down my electronics, and let's not forget that habit stack, tidying my workstation as well. One of the other ways I've been able to automate habits is through time blocking, and I knew about time blocking before I read Indistractable and Atomic Habits, and I've been using time blocking for years. So I was very, very happy to see that both authors strongly recommend time blocking. And that's simply just planning time on your calendar to do all of your tasks. As an example, if you're going to check email daily, schedule a time when you're going to check it. And by the way, quick pro tip, you're going to be surprised when you start to schedule your email how much longer you spend on email than you thought you did. If you want to make thank you calls to donors every week, then block that time. And continue blocking time until you have no time left on your calendar. Now, You might ask yourself, what happens if there's an emergency? Shouldn't I maybe leave some additional time? I I don't think so, and here's why. If it's a true emergency, you're going to have to make a conscious decision about what tasks will stay on your calendar this week and which to move to a future week. And that, to me, is the definition of an emergency. Is this so urgent? I have to call someone up and move an appointment. Or I have to send an email to someone and say, hey, I know I was going to get this done by Thursday, but something really big has come up and it's not going to happen until Tuesday. As I've said multiple times in this bonus break, I have used these three concepts and these hacks in my own work. And I have also found them very successful with several of my coaching clients these concepts and hacks, let's face it, they help us find more time, they help us build better habits, and ultimately, they leave more of ourselves to give to our family and our friends. And today, friend, I want you to ask yourself, who are my residual beneficiaries? And are my residual beneficiaries getting what they deserve? You might decide that your family is your residual beneficiaries, your friends, or maybe even your direct reports. But if you aren't sharing the best parts of yourself with your family and your friends, and also, frankly, your direct reports, it is time to interrupt your habit loops using habit stacking, automating good habits through checklists and time blocking, and of course, maintaining your focus with the 10-minute rule. I hope these three concepts and these four hacks from the books Indistractable and Atomic Habits are helpful for you. Both of these books are so chock full of great stuff that they are worth your read or your listen. And speaking of being worth your read or your listen, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. You can do it on your phone right now and it will only take a few minutes. And if you would like links to both Atomic Habits and Indistractable, you can go to our show notes at SuccessfulNonprofits.com. That, my friend, is our bonus break for this week. I hope that you have gained some insight to help you and your nonprofit thrive. And let's not forget the lawyers make me do it. I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the consulting practice provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and cannot be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please, if that is what you need, find a licensed, qualified professional in your area.